Welcome, everyone, to our NCAA Social Series. I'm Andy Katz. On this edition of our show, we will discuss civic engagement among student-athletes in the college sports community. Coming up on our show, I'll be joined by Division I Associate Men's Basketball Head Coach, a Division I Women's Basketball Player, and a Division II Quarterback. And now joining me, Olivia Summiel from Wake Forest. She is a senior women's basketball player, also a member of the Division I SAC, and Eric Reveno. He is the associate head coach at Oregon State. Uh, not a first-time caller here. You've been a, a guest on this show, but we've known each other for almost uh, 25, something like that, years or so. Uh, but Eric, really, in the post-George Floyd era, you helped spearhead the student athlete engagement in terms of voting and not having election day be a day uh, that is taken away from student athletes where they can actually go vote. And I'm gonna go back to this issue of where we are now with that here shortly, but just where did that impetus come from to really spearhead that movement? For me, it came on June 2nd, you know, in a Zoom call with our student athletes. And we're, we're, they're literally in my house in Atlanta when I'm at Georgia Tech. There is a helicopter flying overhead for the riots in front of the CNN building. It was, I think, a Tuesday night or a Monday night, was, Monday, June 2nd, I'm pretty sure, 2020. And, and we went around the room, uh, or went around the Zoom and had this conversation. And the motion from our student athletes, I felt like, they were, feel, you know, Ahmad Arbery had been shot, shot, and, and and there was a lot of emotion going on, and it just broke my heart. It broke my heart in a way that, like, when I think about it, it still touches me because student athletes shouldn't have to feel that. And so, as a coach, I said, thought to myself, I went to sleep with a heavy heart, and I woke up and I said, oh, I, in a call even, I said, I can do better. I said, I'll do better. And so I committed at that. And that, it was an epiphany for me that I will do better. And I think as coaches, we can do better to create that space. And by the next day, I'd realized I had never done anything around voting for our student athletes. Um, you know, I, I've got a, a two degrees from a, a pretty good school in Northern California, uh, has a color for a mascot. But, you know, I went there and I, you know, I have an edu good education. I've been very fortunate, very blessed, coaching good places, good institutions, but we had never done anything to uh, help our student athletes vote. And I felt like the NCAA and coaches in particular can do more. You know, Olivia and the SAC have done amazing things uh, all along and since, and, and we'll talk about that. But coaches, we can do more because we're great at building teammates, but let's create the space to help them vote, to help them mentor them in that. And then also to help them uh, as the student athletes made very clear that that's what they want is um, some civic engagement and education. You know, not just visit a children's hospital mindlessly, um, uh, but to try to help mentor them. And they're not gonna, everyone's not going to get it right away, but uh, just to do that as part of our mentoring process. So for me, it really was an epiphany in that June of 2020. So let's pick up from there, Olivia. Uh, that era, that, that, that time period, excuse me, June of 20, how did that change you and do you think your peers in terms of wanting to be much more engaged, whether it is actually just voting or speaking out? I think that that time period um, hit hit home for a lot of us. I think there was so much going on within our world. It seemed like there was always something in the news. You turn on the TV and there's always something happening. Um, a lot of broken hearts, um, a lot of tears, a lot of really hard but important and necessary conversations were had during that time um, within my family, within my friends and peer groups. Um, George Floyd really opened up discussions and 
um, shook a lot of people to the core, um, rightfully so. And I think uh, similar to, to what Coach Reveno is speaking, I think us as student athletes, just realizing the voice and the platform that we are given um, and understanding the importance of taking advantage of that position that we're in. Um, I think college provides us with a lot of time to learn and grow as individuals and as students and as athletes on the court, um, but really taking advantage of the civic engagement opportunities that we have um, to really shape us as people, because the ball isn't going to be bouncing forever. Um, we're going to graduate with a diploma at some time. So just really finding ways that we can make an impact that lasts greater and longer than our time in college and, and within our communities, because it, it's so important. These are the people that shape us and um, have really helped help me personally grow into to the individual that I am. So just really paying it forward in that respect, because there's so much work to be done. Um, I think that we have come come a, a definitely a long way. Um, but there is definitely a road ahead for us in this space. So I'm really looking forward to seeing different ways that we continue to adapt and grow there. So Olivia, um, obviously, depending upon what's going on in the country, different decades, uh, student athletes have been uh, using their voice, uh, you know, go back to the late 60s, early 70s during the Vietnam era. Um, but there, then there's been times where it's been really kind of squashed a little bit to where, you know, yeah, we don't want you to speak out. We don't want, you know, that whole Michael Jordan that Republicans buy sneakers too, and you want to just keep everything neutral. Uh, we're, it feels like we've entered a new era where student athletes are being empowered to speak out on whatever topic they are passionate about. And their head coach, their athletic director, um, you know, PR wise is not going to tell that student athlete, don't do that. Uh, don't, you know, stand up and, and support that cause. Have you seen as a senior, have you seen that shift over the last couple of years? Yeah, most definitely. I think I think of the video um, that, that went viral of the shut up and dribble. And I think that that kind of was a moment where um, you see athletes, professional athletes at all different levels, um, taking advantage of, of the voice and platform that they have and understanding that we might not be experts in this area. We, we go to school and we're competing and in and, and, and different spaces. Um, but understanding we're not experts, but but taking advantage of the opportunity we have to as young leaders. I think um, the conversations that are being had and are occurring um, across across generations really are are some of the most impactful um, moments of our recent history. I think that's really where we're going to see the changes is creating awareness and bringing that awareness then to action. I think that's where um, we're really going to be able to move the needle. Um, but really the platform that we're, we're provided as athletes is, is a really amazing opportunity. And it really would be a shame not to take advantage of it. Why not, right? We have young young children coming to our games. And we're, uh, yesterday or a couple of days ago, after our exhibition game, I'm signing sneakers and Crocs and thinking about those young kids that come to our games and sit in the stands. We're inspiring them in, in more ways than one. And, and it extends far beyond the court. So really just taking advantage of the opportunity that lies in front of us. Eric, what about from a coaching perspective? How have you seen it evolve to where a head coach today uh, really would, I think, suffer a PR backlash if he or she basically, you know, told the student athlete, no, you can't speak out on topic X. You cannot be at that protest. You cannot, you know, go um, and support that cause. Uh, it's a great point. I mean, I think I think the conversation has shifted. The the mindset of coaches have shifted, um, and I think there's even you know conversations in the hallways about our responsibility to help grow the student athletes as teammates and citizens. You know, um, and I think that's been great. I give credit a lot. You know, 
we sort we we as a group of coaches we decided you thought the NCAA should make it a rule well it was division one sack you know the body that Olivia sits on now that that made it a rule and they took it further than just a day off for voting they embraced it and said that they want it to be an opportunity for civic engagement this year the NCAA has made it a little more lenient and flexible and I'm great with that I think coaches need to embrace that and and embrace the spirit of what those division sack meetings were like the summer of 2020 where they said hey our coaches can do more in terms of uh, helping us engage as student athletes. Uh, and so because it's in the rule book, I think to your point, no one's going to ask to have it removed at this point. And so it's in there. And so I'm very proud of the student athletes um, and, and student athletes like Olivia that have, that, that are making these changes, systemic changes. Now as coaches, I want us to embrace it. We don't always do that as the, as the, as the shift in, in, you know, we talk more about realignment and, you know, TV licenses and, and things as that than, than this stuff. And so I like the fact that the student athletes are holding us accountable with this, this legislation and we have to have the opportunity. We're going to have a conversation on Tuesday with our team uh, uh, watch a video and discuss Title IX, the 50th anniversary of Title IX. And we're going to sort of, you know, if the rule wasn't in place and we didn't have this reminder, would we do it? Um, I'm not letting coaches out of the woods in terms, in ter you know, and giving them the pass. Like we're coaches, you, Andy, you know, coaches as well as anyone. We got to win games, baby. You know, we got to, we got to compete. Olivia's going to up and down the ACC. Their coaches want to compete. And so just having this reminder that we can have each other's backs and help each other grow as teammates, coaches too, I think is fantastic. Uh, before we get to you, Olivia, I just want to follow up on one thing, Eric, that, you know, this wasn't just about, student athletes getting out to vote in 2020 or, you know, in the midterms in 22 and beyond. Uh, I think about when you decide as an institution to have a game on election day. And as we know, like the champions classic got moved off of um, it's a headline men's basketball event, got moved off of that date. You have to remember everyone that is there that works that event, whether it's concessions, parking, uh, you know, tickets, all the people, security, all those people that have to spend hours and hours at that arena, what are they not doing? They may not be voting. And so, you know, you have to take the macro look here. This wasn't just about student athletes. It was about the entire community and making sure you're not taking the oxygen out of election day and being selfish and saying, oh, no, no, we have to have this game. And all the fans, you may not be out of time to go vote. And you work this arena. You may not have time to go vote. How much was that considered? when this was discussed? I think it, it was huge. You know, I, I, I wasn't in the room when the Division One SAC talked about it, but from a coach's standpoint, from an institutional standpoint, um, we are institutional leaders. We are community leaders. And I think we need to embrace that. And uh, like Olivia was saying, we have more impact than we think sometimes on these matters. And the leadership there is tremendous. Uh, to impact their community, our communities, and create that space to vote. You could argue it could be a national holiday. You could argue it could be done on a weekend. Well, you can argue a lot of things, but control what you can control as a coach, practice what you preach, give the athletes the space, don't, don't book the arena. And you even forgot that, that, that very lovable group, the media that's there all day. Leave, give you guys, you know, give the media time to, to vote. All everyone needs the space. And you just look at the NBA this year. The NBA is taking the day off. And you look at the, and the leadership. 
I think college athletics needs to embrace the role. There's 500,000 roughly NCAA athletes, all three divisions, and we need to impact those and mentor those student athletes to be better citizens and better teammates. And we do the teammate part nationally, but the citizen part, but we're also leaders, junior college kids, NAIA, like we, we can lead and we got to lead by example. Um, but we're, you know, and I was in that, that on that, I still am, we got to win. We want to win. We're competitive. Olivia wants to make shots and do her thing and compete with her teammates. But at the same time, I think we can embrace this whole larger role. Olivia, pick up on that for me about, you know, not just student athletes voting, but everyone in your local community that would have to be at a game or even just a practice, um, you know, and, and taking away the opportunity potentially to wait in line to actually vote. Yeah, I think um, the, the, the most important thing to think about here is I remember when we were talking about the legislation within the SAC group, and I have to give credit, I wasn't on um, Division One SAC the year that they put the legislation into place. I came right after, I was right on the cusp there. And so I was engaged in a lot of the conversations of trying to improve the legislation and what what now and dealing with the after effects of what the first year looked like after um, we, we had implemented um, this piece into the legislation. Um, but really just understanding and defining what is civic engagement and, and understanding that, yes, and during an election year, get to the polls, vote. We need we need that um, buy-in and that excitement and enthusiasm from everybody, from the top down, from the officials to the media, to the maintenance crew, exactly what you're saying, Andy. I think that's so important to really um, harp on the importance of what that looks like from a community perspective. Um, but really understanding that in a non-election year, um, community, community research, um, political involvement, um, education and research, understanding the different ways is serving serving your community for by volunteering at a local food bank is just as much as civic engagement as standing in line and, and getting the I voted sticker. Um, so understanding the, the different elements of civic engagement and really defining what that means to help people understand that a small action that they do makes a really big difference. So I think understanding under really, really understanding that is huge and, and not competing on election day is a really big win, I think, um, to really just drive the importance of, of what we're dealing with here. Olivia, also so many athletes, you know, are not from the area in which they play. Mm -hmm. uh, they parachute in, sometimes they stay there, but more often than not, I know we got the transfer portal, but if you stay there, you know, this potentially could be a lifelong second home, if you will, as a part of that institution. How critical is it for student athletes to be engaged in those communities across the country where they end up spending four years, two years, one year, or even beyond that uh, as an alum? Yeah, it's, it's critically important. I think understanding um, that the fans that, that come to your games to support you, um, they're just as much as the part of the community as you are. Um, and, and also understanding that if you are in your home state, um, educating yourself enough to know absentee ballots are also an option. I'm a resident of Connecticut and had to go that route last year. And this year I'm looking forward to becoming an, a North Carolina resident as I uh, get, get to the polls myself. Um, but really, yeah, really just um, understanding the, the impact that of that getting involved can have, um, understanding that it, it is it, it is crucial and your vote and, and your involvement within um, civic engagement is, is really beneficial to many and, and to the younger generations and, and the fans that we bring into to each game. Andy, Andy, you, you, you raise a good point there. On, you, great example of even the mentoring that a coach can do. First conversation I have with a freshman is what community do you feel most affiliated with? Where, where are your bonds? Where do you want to, in this election year is a fast moving conversation. So 
okay, are you registered? No. Would you like to register? Okay. Do you know how to do that? Okay. Let's, let's talk about, okay, where do you want to vote? Do you want to vote? Like we have a couple of players from Washington. Do you want to, do you want to vote here in Oregon or would you like to you more still bond, understand Washington, want to vote there? And so helping them, you know, okay, here's the link, go on here, you can register. And here you can, like you said, like Olivia said, you can do absentee, you can do, here's how you do it. No one teaches them this stuff. You well, know? and Eric, to the point that some states allow you to be a resident quicker than others right. as a college student. Some, you have to have permanent residency and, you know, every state can be different. Right. And your driver's license, if they're if they're passionate about, you know, say someone moved when I was at Georgia Tech, they moved to Atlanta and they want to vote there and they, you know, OK, well, you got to, you know, what here's the steps you got to go through. Um, and I didn't know any of this stuff when I started. So there wasn't a coach out there that had, you know, less sort of understanding. I, you know me, I wasn't, you know, I, I'm a meathead, but I wasn't that much of a meathead. But like how many meatheads you know, at Stanford? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm a dork at heart, but I was me. It's complicated, but anyway. So the 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 point being that like you have to teach. I got out of my comfort zone in the men's room, and the student athletes. When you have that conversation, you get to know them better. They feel like you care about them because there's nothing in it for me, and I'm helping them learn. I've had student athletes um, since 2020 that that I tried to help register, or I, that that I don't think did and didn't, or or they got registered and they didn't there's a personal choice there and there's something in that mentoring process. It's like, we also talked to Olivia's coaches have talked to her about sleep and everything else. And it's sometimes they do what we suggest and sometimes they don't. And, you know, it's just the way things go, but that it should be part of our vernacular in our conversations. And so all these topics are just great that we're, they're out there and we're having them. Olivia, I'm curious uh, if it's come up at any point where someone will say to you, you know, I don't know if I'm going to vote. I don't know if it matters. You know, how's that going to really affect me? Um, you know, local election, state, national. I don't know if I want to do it. Yeah, that that conversation happens more often than not. I think because you see the polarization and and how the the, the political climate that we are currently in um, has turned a lot of people away. And I think especially within um, our generation, the access to social media that impact is 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 very large you see what you have what you have access to um is just as harmful as it is beneficial right and we've learned so much from from our smartphones and, and having news right there access immediately um but also can cause some people to understand well what does my single vote do what what impact does that have um does it even make a difference and i think once you really break it down and, and get into the numbers a little bit, um, every vote does count. And I think with the with the history of Electoral College and how we've had seen some elections play out, um, it, understandably, if you're under, you're able to understand how some people might be discouraged and how the the, the weight of the polarization um, might might feel on some individuals. But just encouraging in, into understanding the fact that it is what we make it to be right and, and as long as we're educating ourselves as best we can we're having the difficult conversations with our with our friends and peers and family members um that, that's something that, that really challenged me in the beginning and and during the year of 2020 having to sit down across the table from some family members and really have some some hard and difficult intense conversations um but without those conversations change isn't going to happen so just understanding um really really harping on on that point in knowing that your voice does matter, just make it be heard. And as long as you're educating yourself and those around you, um, the difference will be made. 
and and the big the biggest change that I and I, those are great points. And the biggest change, just from where I come from, is eighteen to twenty four year olds. Since I was born in nineteen sixty six, eighteen to twenty four year old voter actually twenty nine is how they track it. But eighteen to twenty nine voter participation has declined since I was born in sixty six. Last couple of years have been an uptick. My goal is for the next twenty years as coaches and educators, we need to. To, to have that and that's that's weakened our democracy you know and to like every vote matters and it's more i look at it very individualistically like trying to teach these student athletes to have agency for their future to have control if you want to we teach them financial literacy and all these skill sets that help them have a brighter future con in connecting with your community how to be a citizen um, helps them create a better brighter future for themselves and they can define how what a brighter future is and i'll tell you what some of those conversations you talk about hard conversations pull have someone pull up their ballot and talk about which sheriff to vote for you know which judge to vote for those are some hard things i'm a basketball coach you know like and i and those are but but having those conversations getting them thinking along that line is invaluable but eric how often have you had uh, someone push back at you with the assumption that this is a partisan push versus a civic engagement push of just being a citizen, uh, regardless of which way you're going to vote. I haven't had student athletes push back. I've had I've had administrators. I've had you know like I, it just doesn't they you know. But I, I'm really. What do they not, say? What do the administrators say? You know, it, it just call you know in. in Voting, there's some that where voting becomes a partisan issue, and that I can't discuss. I mean, that I can't jive with. I can't, I can't, voting's not partisan. And so, if you want to say voting's partisan, voting access, uh, voting rights, like those to me are non negotiable. And I'm big on our strength of our democracy, a lot of issues will be solved. And I don't care what you vote, just vote. If if if, if we had voter participation at 80%, I have faith in humanity. I have faith in people that like things will work themselves out if we all engage. And it's no different than coaching a basketball team and being a, and teaching people to be a great teammate. You, you, you are, if you think about your teammate, you try to make others better. Um, you, you clean up places, you leave them better than you, you left them and the values that we teach as a team then if you think about it as your community however you define your community things will work themselves out but you got to get out you got to participate you got to show up to be a citizen you got to show up and voting is like the most fundamental thing you can do to show up um, and one of the things that is interesting is uh, the audience here I think coaches have done a disservice to SAC over the years by not promoting it and amplifying it and helping uh, student athletes uh, understand or, or helping your teams understand the power of SAC and SAC since 2020 has had tremendous power to your point, Andy. And I think as coaches, coaches listening, like we need to create space for our, our, our team to talk about SAC issues and to get those voice and, you know, SAC across the country, they're giving away free pizza and doing things to get people there and stuff. But I'll tell you what, if you want to make a change right now on a college campus, have every student athlete show up at a SAC meeting and, and, and your administrators will listen to your point, Andy, you don't get pushback on students. If students show up for something, uh, the, the administrators right now, they do have a voice right now, you know, so. Well, yeah, that, that's, uh, so, that's so true, Olivia, that that's what's changed over the last couple of years is not only do they have a voice, but administrators are actually listening 
to student athletes because if they know if they don't, um, things are going to change, you know, without them having any say in it. Uh, in your last, you know, year or so, what have you seen on the ground in SAC in terms of having that voice and involvement? I have the, the privilege of, of representing SAC on my campus level, at the conference level, and now at the national level. And I have to say, every single Division I SAC meeting that I'm able to be a part of, I'm absolutely blown away by the maturity, by the leadership, um, by the intelligence of student-athletes. And just to understand that I'm surrounded by peers that they know they know their stuff and it's really impressive um, to hear their drive and their passion for the student athletes and for that representation role that we're, we're all given and I think that that is just so inspiring to me um, just to be just to be better just to be a better leader um, and to represent as many student athletes across the board as, as possible um, the conversations that we have are extremely robust and it is. It can get heated in there sometimes, but their student athletes within that committee are are fearless, and they're not afraid to to challenge the status quo, to push the envelope, and to have those difficult conversations. And sometimes when you're in a room, um, I also have a role on the women's basketball oversight committee. And sometimes when you're in the room on these standing committee meetings, it can be intimidating. You're the only student athlete that's there. You're surrounded by senior administrators, um, athletic directors, um, all different individuals that have have earned their right to be there and have had long, many years of experience in this position. And so sometimes it can be a little bit intimidating. I know I hear from um, my SAC peers that sit in the council meetings and the board of the board of director meetings. And it, it is really um, inspiring again, just to, to hear their courage um, and their ability to speak up and, and speak for um, student athlete and the student athlete experience. I think it's crucial that we do um, because of the many moving pieces of college athletics today, um, the landscape is completely changing. It's different and, and it's changing every single day, right? You, you see different things in the news, different headlines, um, transfer portal, transformation committee, um, the NCAA adopting um, a new constitution. There's so many moving parts, um, conference realignment. So there, there's, there's so many conversations to be had. Um, but really an amazing job and really awesome opportunity to be a part of. And to Coach Reveno's point, I, I think that's awesome. I think we do need more um, head coach buy-in and more coaches buy-in just to understand the power of student-athlete voice because I wasn't even aware. I, this is my, I would say I've been in, on Division One SAC for a year and a half, coming up on two years um, now. And every day I'm, I'm still shocked and inspired and really grateful to be in a room of, of really inspiring leaders. I'm just going to use 24 as a benchmark, not just on election, but in two years time. So November of 24, where do you hope we are uh, on this topic, Eric? And then Olivia, I want you to have the final word. I hope we're at, um, I hate to put a number, I hope we're at 75% voter participation among college athletes. And I hope that every coach makes a heartfelt effort to uh, engage your student athlete in a civic engagement uh, activity once every quarter or semester, you know, three a year. And go to allvotenoplay.org for some suggestions and voting stuff. But like, but just those two, they vote a particular, like we just could keep engaging our student athletes in, in those two ways. I think that that's a powerful uh, foundation for, for our country and for those student athletes that we're doing. I completely second those goals. I think having those measurable goals are going to be really important um, to, to see to see if we can attain that and um, to hold ourselves accountable and to hold our peers accountable 
Um, I think if we're still having this conversation in two years, then I think we're successful. I think it's going to be keeping it alive, um, keeping it as utmost, utmost importance as possible, um, and, and really just continuing continuing to work within our communities, within our campuses, within our conferences, um, and within the NCAA to ensure that student athletes are provided the resources, they're provided the access, they're provided the education um, to really make a difference and make meaningful impact um, in, in all those areas. Will you come back? It'll be like our 300th episode of the social series. So yes. we'll, we'll be still be going strong in November of 24. Uh, <laughs> Eric and Olivia, I appreciate uh, everything that you guys are doing and thanks for your time. Thank you. Fun talking to you. Yes. Thank you for having us. And now joining me, Wiley Kane. He is the chair of the division two sack. He is currently a senior quarterback for Kentucky Wesleyan. Uh, also track athlete and got to share. You are a double major, if I'm not mistaken, or well, major minor. You got chemistry, business, majoring in biology. Uh, so you're very busy uh, and uh, taking some very difficult classes during the course of your career uh, and a past guest. You put that on your resume here in the social series uh, back when we talked about the National Student Ath Athlete Day. Uh, so in terms of engagement, student athlete engagement, certainly at the division two level, uh, where are we over the last, you know, six to eight months since we last talked to you on this topic and really maybe even the last year, where are we in terms of student athlete engagement? I think that one of the pillars of division two, first of all, is that community uh, engagement aspect, just because of the fact that division two, we are a smaller scale than say a, a division one institution. I know that there are some schools within uh, division two who would maybe beg to differ, but um, a lot of, a lot of division two schools are in small towns and we are supported mostly by the communities with which we're in. So uh, division two has always had community service be something that is one of the biggest aspects of who we are because we want to go out and support the people who are supporting us. I mean, I can speak personally, you know, to just a little uh, town of Owensboro, Kentucky, right? There's uh, some people who are listening probably don't even know where that is, but to us, those are our biggest supporters. Those are the people who come in and watch us on Saturdays for me or whenever we're playing a game. And so, you know, we want to, we want to go and we want to be in that community. We want to be with them. We want to affect a positive change, not just because, not just because they come to watch our games, but because we feel like, you know, we owe it to those people around us to leave it better than we, we found it. We want to um, come in, come to, to Kentucky Wesleyan College's campus and maybe leave Owensboro a little bit better of a place than when we got here. Well, that's a great point because um, so often, you know, you've got college students who obviously can parachute in, who might not be from that community, from that state, uh, and could be passionate about certain topics, um, you know, across an entire spectrum, uh, and then maybe leave and don't really have their hands within that said community. So with that being said, how critical is it for student athletes uh, where they're going to spend potentially four years of their life, where they may have a connection to that community for the rest of their lives to be engaged? I think you hit on it right there, because when you come to a division two institution or when you come to a smaller institution, right, you are part of that institution for the rest of your life. It's uh, it's something interesting, you know, last night, right before um, recording of this uh, podcast, our coach was talking about it because our senior day is coming up very soon. Uh, I'm getting ready to, to walk across for the last time as a football player. But he said, when you 
when you graduate, when you leave, never refer to it as you guys. Never call the team that comes after you, you guys. Call it we. Call the college, right? Kentucky Wesleyan College, for me, will always be we. It'll never be just uh, the people who are there at the time. And I think that that's the case in so many of our institutions across the country. And I think that's something that student athletes can really get involved in and can really submerge themselves in is the fact that it is always going to be we. Like it or not, wherever you go to college, you've chosen to put a great deal of your time and investment there. So when you want to invest back into the community, you're always going to be coming back to where you went to college. You're always going to be looking to see how is my college doing? How are the, the people who I was with doing? How are my friend's kids doing? You know, and, uh, so on and so forth. My a, a good friend of mine, his dad came here, right? So you're always going to be ingrained in the college that you, that you went to. So affecting it positively is paramount because you want it to be better for those people who come after you than it was when you got here. So um, when you are passionate about something and you can go into your college community, you can go into the community at large in, in the area where you are and you can do something positive and you can make something positive out of your short amount of time that you have here it's going to make it better not only for not only for people that you care about people who come after you but the people who live there every single day and call the call the place where you went to college home look it may be simplistic somewhat naive but college locker rooms uh usually tend to be diverse places where mostly people get along and for whatever reason that doesn't always translate you know to the outside world uh, we wish it did, but it doesn't always happen. How can what occurs in that locker room, that sense of togetherness, that we that you're talking about, how can student athletes help translate, hey, we're all getting along. We come from different backgrounds. Why can't it happen outside of these walls? How do you help translate that? Right. I think the fact is that when you're in a locker room, when you're an athlete and you're on a team, you're a group of people coming together for a common goal. And you have to both A, respect the skill and ability of another person and B, put a great amount of faith in that person. I talk about football all the time. Football, in my opinion, is the greatest team sport because if all 11 guys aren't doing what they have to do at a certain time, you're not gonna succeed. And it doesn't matter if the guy to my left came from a big city and a different socioeconomic status and maybe his skin color is different than mine or whatever that doesn't matter it matters that he picks up the guy to to the left that's coming to rush so i don't get sacked so i can throw the ball to somebody else who came from a different town than i came from and they can run to the end zone and then we can all celebrate together right so i think that that's something beautiful about sports is there's this mutual respect and there's this bond that is built between you are trusting that other person with your livelihood. A lot of us are paying for college this way. So football is my is my livelihood. It pays for a great chunk of my school. It's, it's a, the livelihood of a lot of people who are in that locker room with me. So each of us trust each other with our livelihood. And that's a huge trust to give to another person. And I think that to translate that outside of a locker room, we have to stop looking at the differences of another person. We have to start trusting their abilities and who they are. When you look past the very minute differences that separate us, you find that there are so many more things that are alike than we have that are different. And then you can build a trust and a respect for a person. And that'll get us past some of this, I think, in my opinion, at least in, in the world that I've seen, some of this butting heads over all these little things when we should be joining together toward a common goal I don't know, like scoring touchdowns. <laughs> I'll tell you, 
Great stump speech. I'm supporting you. I believe tremendous, Wiley. I wish more people thought like you. Hey, one last thing before I let you go here. Um, as the chair of SAC, uh, just overall, the fact that you chose to be involved in SAC and you know now have taken on obviously a leadership position, what has it meant to you to ascend to that, to be a leader in Division II at SAC? It's been one of the greatest experiences of my entire life. And I say that not only because I've gotten to do cool things like, you know, I flew to the West Coast for the first time in my life. I got to go to Los Angeles, California. That was really cool. Um, I got to do some cool things like that. Why it is the best thing I've ever done is because I'm representing people who are like me and I'm hopefully positively impacting their life for a long time. I keep talking about leaving things better than the way you found them. For me, the Student Athlete Advisory Committee is a way that I can leave college athletics better than I came in. And so maybe, right, my younger brother, he's getting recruited to go to college right now. Maybe college athletics is better for my younger brother. Maybe it's better for my teammates, those freshmen that just came in, and there's a three-year age gap between us, but I still consider my brothers. They're going to be here for a while, and they are going to be in the college athletics or in the college um, athletics that I helped shape, right? So that is what Division II SAC has meant to be, and that's what the SAC in general has meant to me is just an ability to make something that is a little bit better for people that I care about and for people who are just like me, student athletes who are trying to make their way through college and, and get on into their life after the game. Wiley, I appreciate it. Uh, best of luck here toward the end of your season, and I have a good feeling we're going to talk again soon. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks again to Wiley, Olivia, and Eric for joining us here on our NCAA Social Series. As always, you can go to ncaa.org slash social series where all our social series are archived. Thanks for watching, everyone.